Amen. Uh, we were singing that song, Beautiful One. Yeah? Just want to, uh, I don't know why I want to do this, but I want to do this. Beautiful One is not, you know, like because he's so beautiful and, you know, cute and we love him. Okay? Beautiful One. It's actually, let's say, the modern version of saying holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And my soul must sing and bless the Lord because the word of the Lord says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. One of the translations of holy is beautiful beyond recognition. You're so different. You're so other. You're so magnificent. You're so amazing. And you know Isaiah in, in, in chapter 6, he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord and, and the angels, the high angels, the, the, like the archangels, were saying, holy, holy, holy. And you know what? If if you're really, if you're really encountering the beauty of God, you will say like Isaiah, oh, woe, woe me, woe me. That's a prophet. That's a prophet who really loves God, who died by being chucked in a hollow tree and sown asunder. You'd read about him in, in Hebrews 11. Holy, holy is the Lord. If you really get to encounter the beauty of God, you will as well be so aware of the darkness in you and in me. Don't worry, not just in you alone. I have more darkness than what you have, trust me. And I'm not saying that in a, you know, fake humility thing. And in that sense, I want to read with you Corinthians 9 from verse 24. If you please turn on your Bible and uh, it will come on the screen. Uh, okay. I think I'm in the right place, I hope. I'm not sure. Anyway. Yeah. So... 9.24, do you have that? Where is it? Yeah, here you go. So, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do not receive... Uh, they do it to receive perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body. Actually, the word here is soma, flesh. I discipline my flesh, the desires of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, all of that. And keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I'll stop here and then we'll continue in a bit. Just to get the, the picture, 
you know when people run, like for example, London Marathon, you would have, I don't know, uh, 50 people or uh, maybe 100. And some people are running for charity reasons, some people are running just because they want to do it. Regardless of the reason, one person, one person out of those 200 people, or I, I actually don't follow marathons because for me, it's, it's, you know, it's against my values, <laughs> you know. But, uh, so I don't know the number, but one after, one out of all those people <coughs> wins the marathon. Only one. And Paul is saying, when you run, run to win. When we're running, and he's talking about running with the Lord, running our life, running the journey, the salvation that God gave us, run to win. Not run for a great, uh, you know, presentation. Oh, we were present. You know, no. Run to win. Run to win. This is why I'm not running as if I'm not going to win. I'm just doing it for, you know, the fun of it. No, 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 no. I'm not running aimlessly. And then he's giving another picture so we see it. You know, I'm not fighting as if in the air. I'm not fighting, you know, like. No. I'm not playing guitar, you know, air guitar. You know, a lot of people who don't play guitar at all, but they love music, especially if you dream to be a rock star, and the, you play the music, and then you're doing, all, you're still not playing guitar, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm not as well doing it as if nothing will happen. I'm running knowing that I'm called to live with him. And to be with him for eternity. That's salvation. And he's telling us, run, run in a way that you are going to obtain. And then he is kind of giving another picture to that. So you start uh, chapter 10 and he's saying, for I do not want you to be unaware. That's an idiom that uh, Paul uses, kind of like when Jesus is saying, verily, very, like, Truly, truly, I'm saying to you, like, pay attention, okay? You really need to understand this. You really need to get it. And then he's talking about uh, the old times. So he's saying, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers, he's talking about the people of Israel, all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. Nevertheless, verse 5, nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Here is the picture. Many run the race. One win. One wins. Only one. Two million people got out of Egypt. Only two won. 
Only two one. Now God didn't do a mistake. He chose to go down to Egypt and save them. He chose. They didn't even read, read uh, Exodus again. They didn't even ask of him. He is calling Moses. Moses didn't see God. And he is telling him, I'm hearing that they are suffering. I will go down and save them. He's the one who's sending Moses, who didn't want to go. He went, he confronted all the gods of Egypt. My country. Yeah. Uh, absolutely annihilated them. Absolutely annihilated them. Eleven times God shows his power over all the gods of Egypt. If you're wondering about the eleventh time, think about the parting of the sea. Okay? Eleven times. Every power, every principality, every rulership, every dominion, every name, not just in this age, in all ages. He made a public display of the enemy. And he got them out, and he got them to cross the Red Sea. And he destroyed the army of the most powerful empire on earth at the time. Not just that. He started drawing them to him to show them who he is. Revealing himself all the time in a pillar of fire in the cloud. Protecting them from the heat of the sun. And if you don't really, just Google walking in the desert of Egypt. Just, just Google that. You won't last five minutes. Protecting them from enemies, giving them water all the way. They get the poisoned water lake and they are running, they, they have no water whatsoever and they get that amazing miracle. They throw a tree in it and the water is good. Trees don't make water good. They get food. And when they didn't like the food, unbelievable. God is not a good host. Why is it only one type of food? And what is it? That was actually the meaning of the word manna. What is it? We don't know what it is. Nobody's seen that. And yet, God, okay. Not just I provide you food every day. You want to eat meat? Give you meat. So he gave them quails, and the Bible says it was uh, like the height of like a, a cubit and a half, okay, and for a day's walk. Imagine this, you're getting out of your tent, okay, and then if you walk in any direction for a day, okay, quail, quails, 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 and you just pick them. And yet, they perished in the wilderness. In other words, 
You can have amazing manifestations of God. You can see miracles. He would get you out of the land of slavery. He would get you free from bondage. He would get you free from the worst and the most powerful oppression that there was on planet Earth at the time. Spiritual and physical. And we, I'm not going to say we because you might be offended, and I can live in such an idiotic way that I would still live for myself. And I would still only consider what I'm seeing and what I want and what I think I need. Where's the meat? He's saying they were baptized. That's, an, that's a new, new Testament term. But he's saying they, they had a covenant. They signed a covenant with God. Because, you know, the elements of our covenant are baptism and, and uh, communion. These are our symbols that we keep partaking of Jesus and we identify with his death and with his resurrection. And this is why I can be victorious. Because he won the victory. He rose again. I'm sure you celebrated that last Sunday. By the way, happy Easter. I wasn't here. Not Easter. Happy Passover. <laughs> Easter. See, the thing is, they were baptized, but Paul is, is making it clear. They were baptized into Moses, not God. Hero worship is terrible. So when, if, I'm, if I'm actually following God because I'm following Tim, if Tim falls, <laughs> I'm totally undone and dejected and dismayed and all of that. Not following Tim. I'm walking with Tim and I'm following the place that God gave him. I'm following David and the place that God gave him over this church, but I'm following Jesus. And if he falls, I pick him up. Because I'm following Jesus. And if he stumbles, I help him on his feet. I'm following Jesus. So they were baptized into Moses. And they were baptized. And he's playing here because he's talking to a church. A church that is really, you know, living in the gifts of the Spirit and so on. And he's saying they were baptized in the cloud. And in the sea. And he's alluding, in my opinion at least, to water baptism and being filled with the Spirit. See, the cloud of glory is all over the Bible. The cloud of glory came and filled the temple and none of the Levites or the priests were able to minister. Yeah? You would hear that in our Pentecostal charismatic stuff. You know? So we can be can have genuine experience, or at least we can have the experience, even if they are not really genuine, and we still mess it up. We still mess it up. God's provision, God's protection, God's glory, God's presence, Him putting the tabernacle in our midst 
and all the camp of the people of Israel were around the presence of God. Hearing his voice, giving them his word, his commandments, and telling them, I'll be, I'll be your God, and you be my people. And I would still mess it up. And Paul is telling me, because I don't want anyone to be offended. Run, run as to win. Because God made the way. Run as to win. And here is how you run as to win. You start taking responsibility. Because there is grace from God and power from God. And, and control the flesh. But I can't control the flesh. Oh, I know. The Father is saying, I know. But I have grace for you. I have power for you. Would you, would you unite yourself with Jesus? Don't be baptized into Moses. Be baptized into the Savior of the whole earth. Baptized into Jesus. And Paul is saying in another place, we who are united in his death would be as well united in his resurrection. And then he's explaining some more. Verse 6. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now here is the story, and that it was in Exodus. Uh, Moses got delayed, you know, meeting with God, and we thought that would, you know, that's a bit too much. So the problem is Moses is, you know, grew up in Egypt and he's a Middle Eastern, so he doesn't have like us here watches. It's like me, really. So he got delayed. He got delayed, you know, just a little bit, like 40 days. Okay? The people of Israel were Westerners. So they thought, no, 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 that's too much. Too much. I cannot put up with that. So they went to Aaron and said, well, Aaron, I tell you what, you make us. You make us a God. How idiotic that can be. I mean, unbelievable. You make us a God, and we will say, this is the God. All of a sudden, became God that got you out of Egypt. It is very scary not to see the hero that we think he got us out. Make us something and we will make belief that this is the source of our hope. This is what got us out and will continue with us. This is like when you are saved by grace and you want to continue by works. This is like that you've been saved from death and you want to continue being entangled with death. This is like that you've been saved from self-worship. And after you are saved, you go back to self-worship. To satisfying the flesh. 
to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the conceit of the riches of this world. So he's saying, make us, make us God. He's talking as well about a couple of more things like sexual immorality and so on. But let me go kind of to the end because I want, I want you to know this. Read with me from verse 12. Actually, no, read from verse 9. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents, nor grumble as things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction. Now, therefore, verse 12, let anyone who thinks that he stands by the way, he or she, he or she stands. Take heed lest he or she falls. I don't know about your life with Jesus. But I can tell you about what I'm hearing God speaking to me through the word. Be sober. Test yourself. And respond to my grace. Don't be loose. Don't be loose. Don't take my grace for granted. Don't keep grumbling and murmuring as if I didn't give grace. Even if it's not manifesting now in your life the way you want it to manifest, don't cancel my grace in this cancel culture. Stand on the truth. Believe in my presence. And treat me as God. And don't wrap your life around yourself. That's what God's speaking to me. I want to tell you a story. Uh, about giving giving really yourself to God. I have a friend of mine who's like my brother and his son is like one of my kids. He's definitely like a son to me. And a couple of years ago during COVID, we, uh, all of a sudden, he woke up one day and uh, the half of his eye, he doesn't see, he can't see. And uh, you know, COVID and the NHS at the time being overwhelmed, nobody looked into his condition and then when they got to look into his condition, they discovered that he has a tumor in the brain uh, that actually has been there for a while. And it's lodged in a very sensitive area just above the cribriform plate here at the end of the <coughs> nose. That's a place where you have the hypothalamus and pituitary. Most of you would have heard about those glands. They're really, really important for the whole body. Okay. Long story short, he had to operate. That's the only way. And of course, that messed up. You know, that messed him up. Just a short point to tell you. I think it would be important for the story that this guy, this guy's passion, his whole life journey and study and everything that he lived for is to be a pilot. 
and now came out of the, the operation both sides of the two halves of his both eyes. He cannot see well. And be, this is a young man of 25 who was, you know, good, buff, you know, in good shape and all of that. And we messed up with all his endocrinal system, so we gave him, of course, cortisone because we messed up that as well. So he was a balloon in record time. I'm talking about a couple of weeks. He so tired, he cannot walk uh, enough. I mean, when he walks, you know, things are going really bad. They actually recently traveled to Spain and and he had to stay at home and let them go out because he can't walk. If he walks for a couple of minutes, he gets so tired and his. That's a young man of 27, 28 years of age. Do you think he got it bad? Do you think that would qualify as a trial? Let me tell you what, read together what Paul is saying, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape. That you may be able to endure it. So escape is not only that you... You don't have it. Escape is as well that you go through it, but you go through it with him, not on your own. This young man today is being baptized through all this. His journey in the past two years is God, though I don't understand him in different things, even personal things, in my personal life, God is God, and I will commit to him. Yeah. He is worthy. He is worthy. Yeah. Let me tell you that in temptations, whether sexual, sexual lust or whatever temptations, God is there for you. But you have to as well respond. In trials... In difficult times, like Matthew, that's the name of the guy. God is with you. In confusion, without you understanding what you're going on, what you're going through, and why, how does that make sense at all? He can be your rock. The ancient of days. Here is the thing, as human beings, we have a choice. Even though you're a Christian, you have that choice. You can live with God, by God, for God. Or you can at least think, I'm living with God, by my own decisions and powers and for myself.
but I'm allowing God to bless me. Like, you know, Lord, you can bless me anytime. Actually, please bless me. Bless me. That's the choice. The first one is called wholehearted worship and an authentic relationship with God. And I cannot live it except authentic relationship with God and with others. And I cannot live it except through Holy Spirit living. That's the first choice. The second choice, and again, I'm talking about myself, not you guys. Okay, don't, don't be upset. The second choice is idolatry. But I was baptized. Idolatry. I was filled with the spirit. Idolatry. But I take communion. I ate the spiritual food. Idolatry. I drank the cup. Idolatry. And Paul is saying afterwards, saying you cannot take the cup of the Lord, partake in that fellowship, and keep partaking in the fellowship of idols. Only two, only two got into the promised land. Even Moses wasn't there. Don't think that because you're a leader, you will go in. Don't think because you got people out of Egypt, you're going to go in. No, no. Don't think because you started well, you're going to go in. You start well and you continue with him and finish for him. And you're going to be there. I guarantee you, you're going to be not just talking about eternity, I'm talking about here on earth. That's the more important actually, like this message is about here. The other thing is this. If you're calling people and you think, you know, I just want them to come to the church or I just want to serve them, you know, like socially or whatever, love on them and, okay, guess what? They would still perish. If they don't have Jesus and if they don't live for Jesus, they will still perish in the wilderness. For me, that's a wake-up call. It doesn't matter how much I love on people if they don't really get saved. It doesn't matter how much people get, uh, you know, touched by the Lord when I pray for them if they don't live in the freedom of Christ day in, day out, and really follow Him wholeheartedly. If they don't become the disciples of Jesus, not baptized into Moses... So he's saying, if you think you're standing, okay, great, just be careful. Be careful that you're not just about to fall. Be considered, wake up, be sober. Look at what you really need to look for. And then he finishes that, I would say that part, by verse 14. And he's saying this. So God is faithful. He would always be there. He would make a way. Just know that. So here is the thing. Therefore, therefore, flee idolatry. Flee idolatry. Flee self-centeredness. Flee self-satisfaction. 
free living by your own decisions and mind and control. Free, flee, flee that. You need to live by his truth, his commandments, and be obedient to him. You basically need to surrender. Surrender. But we're talking about water, real need. I mean, we cannot live without water. Would you live without water? There was no water. There was no water. There was. Maybe not in the way you like. But there was always water. And this is why you didn't die. Not just you didn't die and you had food and drink. Even the laces of your sandals weren't worn out. See, there is always a choice. When Moses stood with the people of God at the end of uh, his time, Deuteronomy, and he said, God is giving you a choice. I've put before you blessing and life and curse and death. And God is saying to us, me and you, choose life. Choose life. You know, uh, in 1 Kings 18, I'll finish with that. Please listen. 1 Kings 18, there is a prophet called Elijah. And the people of God at the time were worshipping worshiping Baal and God. Okay? Worshipping Baal and God. Let me read you this. I think I have it somewhere in the Bible. 1 Kings 18. And... I'm trying to get it. It is somewhere. Okay. <laughs> and in verse 21, And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long? How long for? You're going to keep limping between two different opinions. In another translation, two different camps. Like you have one foothold in God's camp. You know, he comes handy sometimes. You know. But you have one foothold in how the Gentiles, how the people who don't have a God, live. They live for themselves. They make idols so that the, the idols would satisfy their needs. To set their hope on what gives no hope. He's saying, how long are you going to limp? Between those two camps, between those two opinions. If the Lord is God, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, Baal, then follow him. You know what's the sad part? And the people did not answer him a word. Until the miracle happened, until the fire came down from heaven, until they saw that, oh, the Lord is God, they start shouting, the Lord is God. Can I encourage you? Don't mix up emotional excitement with true worship. We don't want to be a church 
that is going through the moves, we would still lose it. We want to be the church who is worshiping the Lord Almighty with all our hearts in such obedience and surrender that honors him and brings glory to his name. We want to introduce people to that God, not the woke God. But sadly, sometimes Christianity introduces. We want to stick to truth, not our opinions. So the choice extended to us, I would say each one of us. I'm not trying to upset you or, or condemn you. I actually do love you, and this is why I want to tell you the truth. God is God, and you are not. If you don't have a pen and paper, cut your arm, get some blood, and write it on your own skin. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. But really, really engrave it in your mind and in your heart. It is simple. God is God, and you're not. You're not. You don't deserve to live for yourself. You don't deserve your attention. You don't deserve your focus. You don't deserve your worship. You don't deserve that your devotion and affection and hopes and dependence would be on you. Or anything else. Or anyone else. God is God. And you're not. So the choice. If the Lord is God. If the Lord is God, if the Lord is God, worship Him. If your ideas, what you're convinced with, your beliefs, your opinions, your needs, your desires, your ambitions, your hopes, the people that you love are your God. Sure. Follow them. And it would be your choice. But if you think, if you think that you can have one foot in this camp and one in the other, and it will go well. No. With most of them, he wasn't pleased and they perished in the wilderness. So sober up. If you think you're standing, if you think you're standing, well, keep standing. Keep really standing. Keep being attached to the source of life if you want to have life. And don't attach yourself to anything else. That's, that's the calling. Let's surrender. Let's surrender wholeheartedly everything. Our future, our ambitions, our family, our, our dreams, our desires, our ways, the way we know this is how things work. Surrender that. And ask him to lead you on. And to live by his power, his grace, for his sake, for his name, for his glory.
That's the challenge. And it's not just today's challenge. It's every day. Would you stand up with me? is God if you choose to take the Lord as your God not just your savior and servant your God your Lord your master what he says goes no questions no quibbles if the Lord is God that means the one who created heaven and earth, the whole universe, if he exists really for you, then you cannot worship anything else and anyone else because they are the created, not the creator. And as well, if you know that the Lord God loves you, created you to be an image bearer, his image bearer, what a privilege. And when things got messed up, he redeemed you. And he is now, while we are messing up, he is interceding on our behalf and giving us mercy, new mercies, every, every, every morning. Worship him. Worship him wholeheartedly. Don't keep away from him any part of your heart or your existence. And he knows how to grace you with that. He knows how to make that a reality in your life and in my life. If the Lord is God, worship him.